Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius, Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to our friends at Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Uh, you know, Joe, I just wanted to start the I just wanted to start today's podcast by saying, man, I'm proud of you. Uh, me too. I love the shit out of you, Joe. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's too early in the podcast for F bones. Man, I love the shit out of you, Joe. That's why I just wanted someone it. to say that you for did me. It. You did it on Thursday without me. You did it on Monday uh, without me. Thursday was slightly touch and go. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm ever proud now. of you, man. I'm ever <laughs> proud of this program and this podcast. <laughs> as we approach 100 episodes <laughs> with a very special guest tomorrow. I'm excited. Very excited. My juices are flowing all the time. Maybe that's a thing that it's, you know, giving away the game. Who might be? I think my juices flow all the time. Who might be the guest? I have no idea. Anyway, the entirety of that podcast <laughs> might just be us asking him to give us all of his famous sayings so that we have them. <laughs> just from the source. So we can have all of the clips. So so I'm back from Detroit. I was on a Junior Canes uh, hockey trip with my 12-year-old. Uh, shout out to the 12U white team. Really, really good job this weekend. And I'll explain why my voice sounds a little hoarse in housekeeping a little bit later on. Yeah. But, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, you, you have been doing this for a very long time with writing and sports media. I also have been doing this for a very long time. Occasionally, I will get asked, like, well, man, don't you ever get tired of talking about stuff or like how much longer are you going to do this? And I have an honest answer. Yeah. I do have like a, like a canary in the coal mine kind of safety mechanism in my brain to tell me if I'm done doing this job. When I step away for a little bit, do I miss it? So like when I'm in Detroit away from work and I see stuff going on, do I have the oh, desire? The heart of Harbaugh country. So dude, you were, dude. So like, do I? You have couldn't it? resist that. I know you. I know oh, you. I, you know I listen to sports <laughs> talk radio Detroit, man. I was listening to the ticket up in Detroit. <laughs> so it like is it still in me to be like, shit, man? I'm like, let me jot this down because I had this idea. Like I actually did voice to text to like remind on the drive back yesterday. Like okay, Very I got Twin Peaks. I got I got to bring this up. I yeah. got to bring this up. So if that never happens while I'm gone, then it tells me you know what? Maybe I got to hang it up. That was not the case while I was driving around uh, the greater Detroit area. And the reason why I I came to this realization that college sports is so dumb. It's not a realization. I've always known college sports, specifically college sports is dumb. Okay. On a variety of levels. (laughs) But shit, man, I love it. I love college sports. I love the shit out of you, college sports. And then like, look, man, while I was gone, like Caleb Love waving goodbye and like the big drill energy of Duke fans, like, well, just not like Caleb Love was a difference maker in that game. I don't care. Actually, the banked in three pointer at the end of the half was fairly significant. I don't care if it was or it wasn't. Right. Not the point. I think it's hilarious that Caleb Love is the administrator of milestone losses for Duke coaches in the modern era. He sent K out of that building with a with an L. He was. I mean, he was a big part of that one. That one, yes. And then, you know, John Shire's first home loss at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Guess who's on the court? It's Caleb Love. That's funny to me. But man, the I'm not owned. I'm not owned. You're owned. I'm not owned. Caleb Love is owned. And the, by the way, there's Carolina fans too that are all like, oh yeah, tail Tar Heel for life. It's so stupid. I know that got you going. It's so stupid. I love it. Then you got the UNC field storming, right? 
which, yeah. which I'm going to tie that back into something that okay. I cooked up yesterday. I was, I was thinking long and hard on a 10, a 10 and a half hour drive. That was it. 10 and a half hours. Wow. I mean, I did it. Impressive. Me and Jacob were troopers, man. <laughs> That's impressive. I only stopped twice each way. Regardless, you know, sometimes I, I maintain that oftentimes I think as adults, we forget what it was like to be in college. You forget that you do stupid shit in college. Yeah. And that's what you're supposed to do in college. Yeah. That's what college is for. Supposed to learn. You, you learn by making dumb mistakes, by doing silly things, things that you look back on and go, man, I probably should have done that, right? So, it, look, the people who are like trying to tut tut UNC fans for storming the field and all that stuff, because it, it popped up on my timeline when I re entered the Twitter orbit. And I'm thinking to myself, at no point. As North Carolina's beating Duke in double overtime, is there a student going, guys, guys, wait, 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 guys, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before we rush the field, hold, I, I want to ask a really important question before we rush the field. What's Josh Graham going to think? Is Josh Graham going to make fun of us on Twitter? No, can't do that. Can't do that. Like at any point, was there a UNC student that went, whoa, 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 guys, guys, before you rush the field, are you sure you want to do this? Because a state recruiting weirdo is going to take this and be like, gee, this is why recruits don't want to go to UNC because they're an unserious football program. That That's it? <laughs> that's it. Okay, state fans, always making it about yourself. Shout out to the Young Gravy, who probably had the best tweet with the meme of, go in there and you make it about yourself because that's what state fans did. But I love it. It's so stupid that I love it. Can't quit it. By the way, NC State, can we... Here's what I cooked up with NC State. Because beating Wake Forest was predictable. The way they beat Wake Forest was impressive. I, I could never say beating Wake Forest was predictable. No, even it was though totally it's a game they should have won. It I was totally predictable. I can't say that, though. Totally predictable. Which gets me to my, my question. Does Dave Doran want the NCAA to cook up bullshit charges so that they can go back in with the chip on their shoulder against Virginia Tech? Or do they save it for next week against UNC? Like, is there a, because like, this is where Dave Dorn's, as the kids would say, in his bag. When, when state's dealing with some stupidity, some adversity, that's when it goes well. And you know what? This is where we will always give credit to Dave Dorn. I've said this multiple times over the last couple of years. The one thing you can never say about a Dave Dorn coached NC State team is that they're going to quit. They might lose some of these games, but they're going to, like, you know, bite the damn tire, if you will, on their way out. Shout out to the Godman. So I am wondering if D Doran's like, kind of like, man, I hope we get some shit. Like, can we get a trumped up charge? Can can we get a science stealing scandal? Can, can, well, you, he keep doesn't me, need can that. you keep me off the sideline? Because maybe that'll help against UNC. I was going to say, he won't need that. And he doesn't need any of that for Carolina. He always gets them ready for Carolina. He does this right. week, though. You yes, might be right. They, they, they might Virginia need Tech, a little man. something this week. It's tricky with Virginia Tech, which, of course, gets us to, uh, to Michigan. Yeah, I was driving around Detroit and... On Friday, when it all came down, I'm pulling into uh, the greater Detroit area and I listen to the ticket. They're taking phone calls. And again, to tie it into my my jump here about I, this is why I love college sports because it's so stupid. And I know you talked about it a little bit with Brownlow yesterday, but the hilarity of people with a straight face calling into the ticket saying, you know, if this is how the Big Ten is going to treat Michigan, we're gone. We're just we're just gone, man. We're out of here. Like we can we can go anywhere. Where are you going to go? Well, actually, it's not even where you're going to go. I'm sure there'll be a conference that'll be more than happy to, to take it. But like, you're gonna go to the ACC? Is this the Jim Phillips plan? And then when when Michigan gets their share, they're gonna go, "Hey guys, we're missing some zeros here, man." <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't know? 
Oh yeah, sorry guys. That's just how we live here. We don't get a bill we, per year here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like where are you gonna go with the money, guys? But you know what? I give honestly, I give Jim Harbaugh a lot of credit because they are fully in the, you know, all I, you know, everybody's against us. Um, you know, we've been doing it the right way. Uh, you know, it's it's Michigan versus the world and everything else. And I whoa, give whoa, whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> Now, while I can yada, 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 they're, they're cheating, quote unquote, cheating, sign stealing yeah. thing. They can't claim the higher moral oh, they ground are. here. Oh, they are. Here's Jim Harbaugh yesterday because he's going to have the temporary restraining order, which uh, honestly, I think the best part about Michigan's response was they evoked the troops. Like, no. it's very telling that you did this on Veterans Day weekend where we can't go to court. Like, Wow. You really went the NCAA's disrespecting the troops? Like, salute to you guys. So Harbaugh had his press availability on Monday, and he's going to speak at court, apparently, and he dropped this nugget about adversity. Yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America America loves a team that, that uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the, naysayers and you know critics so-called experts think um <laughs> michigan will never be america's team michigan man thinks that but no michigan will never be america's you team. can't be america's team and wear michigan versus everybody on the sideline which i did see hat tip to uh the jordan brand for coming up with that one. it's it is i find the humor in what's going on at michigan but i also and i don't know if you address this but i think you and i are on the same wavelength there what's happening at michigan is the same thing that happened in north carolina 10 12 years ago it's the same freaking thing but it's, it's not because the league is actually punishing them but the, which no, you, i find that's the fascinating you gotta, part you, to you me. gotta remember that the the acc did tack on additional like reprimands after the ncaa that was a thing holden thorpe emailed me holden thorpe the former chancellor at north carolina emailed me last week and i respond hopefully we'll get holden on here soon yeah he made a, he made a very valid point he's like everything that's happening at michigan happened to us in that you have yeah, but with one significant difference. Well, the coach was never reprimanded by the league, but the co- in a way where they were missing games. But the, but the I'm not with saying North, with North Carolina. So here's the thing. Keep with, in mind what I'm saying here. I don't think the ACC should have done anything. Sure, and I don't think the Big Ten should do anything. This is not their jurisdiction. You're right. I don't disagree with you, but I think you'll agree with this point. With North Carolina, it was the institution. As I drop my pen. It was the institution that other ACC schools wanted to stick it to, right? The Carolina way, the yes. beginning away with stuff. Yes, there is you'll, re- there. you'll remember during that time, Clemson fans kept bringing up John Swafford and Danny Ford. And when Swafford was at UNC and they wanted to sanction Clemson back in 1979, 1980, or whatever it is. And of course, I mean, do we need to get Debbie Yao going at NC State? And what was going on at UNC? Yeah, they, they didn't have the juice to do that. Of course. So somebody in the league... <clears throat> Ohio State <laughs> has the juice to do that. So that gets us to Michigan. So whereas it was the institution, North Carolina, that people wanted to stick it to, the knives around, as Holden Thorpe told me. He's like, look, I got like notes from like the BC president that they were praying for me. But I know behind the scenes they wanted to stick it to us. So I and I I understand where he's coming from. With Michigan, it's about Harbaugh. They want to stick it to Harbaugh. The coaches want to stick it to Harbaugh. The ADs want to stick it to Harbaugh. And the thing is, the the rule, you know, they did break a rule, right? I mean, they they Connor yeah, Stallions, 
broke, broke a rule rules. by going to the games in person. And yes. the 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 lawyer the lawyering, as I was reading last night, as I was catching up on stuff, the lawyering used by the Big Ten that they weren't punishing Jim Harbaugh for the action, like because they they have no evidence that he knew what was going on, but they were punishing him as the avatar for Michigan. Like, look, man, you're the top guy, and somebody has to pay the price, and here we are. So. That's where this is. That's where the similarity is. There are institutions in college that present themselves in such a way like North Carolina did with the Carolina way or the Michigan man thing. Like I sent you the tweets from like former newsman, David Schuster. Did you see his tweet rants? He wanted a boy. He's like, I had a trip planned for Disney, but because of Paul <laughs> Feinbaum, I'm canceling my trip to Disney and all Michigan people should be doing the same thing. That's the Michigan mindset, dude. It's hilarious to me. Which, What's even funnier is they're going to win the national championship. We're getting our Goodell Tom Brady moment. Oh, it's going to be oh, it's <laughs> going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Which gets me to the buried story of the week. And I know Penn State had to fire an offensive coordinator because they couldn't do squat against Michigan. But James Franklin, dude, like it's telling when all the interim head coach had to do was just play keep away from you. And you still couldn't. And you had like a boneheaded move with the two point conversion attempt and everything else. Is is he going to leave? That was the right call. If he's if you're James Franklin and Texas A&M calls, knowing full damn well that Texas A&M is only a place that you're going to get fired in about five years. Do you still take that job? If you're James Franklin to get ahead of Penn State, because what's his record against Michigan and Ohio State? It's not great. It's three and seven against Michigan. Now he's got one win over Ohio State. Yeah. Man, pride is a is a crazy thing. Yeah, man. Make you do crazy things. Uh-huh. I don't know, Butch. Take the fall. Eighth round. I just, I don't know what James Franklin's going to do after that weekend, to be honest with you. Well, I was talking about this uh, with my sister who went to Penn State, her brother-in-law, her mm-hmm. husband, Christian. And I said, uh, he'll stick. Do you know why? Because now that the league is changing, he won't have to play Ohio State and Michigan every True. year. That's a good point. Number one. And number two, they would be a playoff team or would have been a playoff team like in each of whatever, four of the last five years, kind of like Notre Dame. Yeah. Like that Penn State and Notre Dame would be in. So it's almost like you have to see what would happen in the 12 team field. I, I think they'll give them a year or even two without having to see Michigan and Ohio State every year and with the expanded field and then see what happens. Because okay. remember, they gave him a 10-year extension after the LSU job right. as well. Right. No, that's, Everybody got right. one of those. That's, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the reason why I bring up Franklin is because with all of the Jimbo Fisher exit at Texas A&M, Mike Elko's name has been coming up. And I know you addressed this yesterday, and I'm in agreement with you. I don't think Elko is so desperate to secure the bag that he would take a job where everybody gets fired. I think he probably is looking at, well, I think Bear Bryant was the last one. Who? Maybe Dennis Francione, the last coach to leave Texas A&M and get another job. The last, yeah. I think, I think it is Bear Bryant. I think you're right. I think it is Bear Bryant. French, yeah, I don't, I don't think, did Francione leave or did he get fired? I think I'm pretty sure he got fired. I'll have to look that one. But everybody else gets fired. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. Or they got out before they were going to get fired. Because that's the other thing, too, that happens to Texas A&M. So, I don't see Elko doing that. No. If Franklin leaves Penn State, I would. Yes, absolutely. He would be the first. He'd be there. If things don't work out with Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, yeah. I could see that. Yep. So 
Texas A&M is not the job I'd be worried about God, if, I'm, if I'm a Duke fan. Really ordinary coaches. Yeah. My, my goodness. And it doesn't matter the coach at Texas A&M, by the way, because they end up being the same thing. Bear Bryant left in 57. Good just so you know. Lord. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> just so you know. So I'm in agreement with you with Mike Elko uh, because I keep seeing this. Oh, you know, Mike Elko is at the top of the list. Of course, Mike Elko would be top of the list. Because Mike Elko would go into Texas A&M and do a good job of cleaning things up in the Jimbo Fisher aftermath because Jimbo Fisher played out at Texas A&M the same way things played out at Florida State. The big worry about Jimbo was, cool, you got your national championship winning coach, and yeah, he's going to bring some credibility, but also Jimbo, if things don't go his way, things can get really dicey really quick. So I could see Elko coming in to restore that, but I don't think that Elko wants to take that job. I'm not saying he's going to be at Duke forever, but I don't, and they'll probably rework his contract in a particular way. But Texas A&M, man, is not the job. Totally agree. Totally agree. Totally in agreement with you on that one. Which gets me to Mac Brown coming out of that North Carolina. Careful now. That I got, I got the, the Tar Heel fans riled up a little bit in your absence. Why would you do? Well, we, we, I suggested to them that they should really thank Caleb Love for 22 and not worry about 23 because ultimately 22 is what mattered. Yeah. That, that, that apparently was a, a terrible take. Oh, geez. Uh, and then, you know, Mac Brown 2.0 has been, yes, as Mac points out, better than the last two it years has. of Larry Fatora. <laughs> if that's the bar you're interested in clearing. Yeah. Um, and it has been overall a success. I would, I would absolutely agree, agree with you on that. that overall has been a success. But this year was a 50-year storm that they did not take advantage of. Mm. And even last year, by winning the division in the way that they did, then losing to Georgia Tech, who last year was not very good. Yeah. Losing last year to states, you know, Ben Finley. Like those, and even going back to 21 in the way that they lost to state, as I as I pointed out, NC State would have ran their football coach off if it was their coach who lost the lead in the way that. Carolina did easily where it was 99.9% win probability in the game at Carter Finley stadium in 21. Mm -hmm. So uh, we all have our own standards. As you like to tell me about Hubert Davis this year at Carolina, we have, we all have our own standards and maybe it is shit. Just be happy. We won for Mac Brown. I do feel like there is an element of shit. Just be happy. I restored some credibility to this program. Since I came back, there is no doubt. There's no doubt in terms of fan interest. Yes. In terms of attendance, in terms of, not only local recognition, because remember, Larry was was big into, oh, I do it for my pleasure. You know, he, he and he didn't want to go recruit in the state of North nope. Carolina for whatever reason. Like, how how thick must you be? Well, he was pretty uh, to thick. To be the I mean, University of North Carolina and not just pick and choose who you want out of the state. Dude, he was the same guy who spent an ACC kickoff, I don't know, actively trying to get fired in retrospect, talking about, you know, the, the military decline. And the, 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 no, the, the, the decline, decline of, of America is tied to whether or not I Football. can go helmet yes, to helmet. That's right. Like what? A concussions are fake sign. Like what? Dude, do you know who your chancellor is? Yeah. Dude, like like Kevin Guskowitz is on the forefront of this science, yeah. and you want to be out here talking about the decline of Western civilization because you can't tackle. You just have to be careful talking about the Tar Heels. I don't. So. I don't care anymore because yeah. I'm usually right about the Tar Heels when it comes to these types of things. You usually are Tar Heel football, yeah. Which gets to my again. You spend ten and a half hours driving through um, like nowhere, Ohio. <laughs> And West Virginia, you you start to think some things. And as I was catching up on stuff, you did you see Mac Brown post game on the ACC network? It did not. Okay, so I'm pulling this up on the ACC network Twitter account. Hopefully, it doesn't get flagged for monetization on on YouTube. But it is. I learned that lesson yesterday. So, oh, did you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here is uh, here's Mac Brown in the middle of the field rush on the ACC network, 
It's about a minute long, and you can hear Mac Brown getting emotional. Good luck. The coach, last time we were here at midfield, it was an overtime win in week two. Seems to be making a habit of it this time against your biggest rival. What did you see out of your team to pull this one off in the end? Well, great game. Tremendous fight by both teams. Nobody gave up. Nobody really lost. You're so emotional right now. What are those emotions about? You want your kids to fight. You want your kids to compete. You want your kids to feel good about themselves. And these kids did all that tonight. And this win will do so much for us. The victory bell. You know the significance of the victory bell. You've been here for two stints. You've been a part of these rivalries. What does it mean to beat Duke? It's the uh, most important thing we do. Congratulations, Coach. Enjoy this one. So there you go. There's Mac Brown with Taylor Tannenbaum, ACC Network. Shout out to Jeremy Warren, who was doing his best body man, you know, trying to keep people off the uh, the network set there uh, as the students were rushing the field. What was the first thing that stuck out to you there, Joe? Um, yeah, overcome with emotion. So you notice how he was talking about Duke. Yeah, this is their rival. No, he game. hasn't lost to Duke since 1989. I so get I would, that. I get. I would that. probably speak glowingly about Duke. And as at well. the end, this is why you come here. You yeah. come here to beat Duke. And I'm thinking, you're going. Are we talking about basketball? Or are we talking about football? Because if this was a basketball argument, then I wouldn't be here for that conversation. Yes, it's about that rivalry game, but not in football. Absolutely not in football. In football. You and I last and two Max, years, last two years though have been really entertaining games. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm th- yeah, th- yeah. Th- I want to take a let's let's separate the entertainment value of the Duke Carolina game because they have been entertaining. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm talking specifically about in football, the game that ultimately matters is the Carolina State game. I don't care how Mac Brown wants to address it. He knows full damn well that it's the state game, not the Duke game, that ultimately matters in the triangle. When it comes to football rivalries, everything else is fun, but it doesn't bring out the heat the way that North Carolina and NC State bring out that heat. So much so that next week when they wrap up the season, you and I will do a live reaction show. We wouldn't do that for Duke Carolina football. We'll do it for basketball, but we ain't doing it for football. State Carolina football, we will absolutely do a show from the beer cave because we know it's a big deal. So watching that, To tie it back to basketball, my first thought in watching that was Roy Williams kissing the court on his way out in the last game. That's what that was to me. Mac Brown's done. This is my theory. I know I'm not trying to give you some sort of insider information. I'm just picking up with what we know and how coaches are and how they get. That right there tells me he's done. Because you pointed this out last week with Mac Brown when you were looking at the numbers closely. He likes to bring up, well, you know, remember where we were when I got back here? Two wins. Never mind how it was when Larry Fedora first got here. Never mind that he's on track to do essentially what Butch Davis was doing and everything else. He was already setting up his legacy. Mac Brown's going to leave North Carolina one way or the other as the greatest coach to have ever coached North Carolina football. Hard stop. Hard stop. All right? Even, why are you making a face? <laughs> why are you making a face? Without ever winning a conference yes. championship? Yes. Yes. When I say North Carolina football, what's your thought going to be? It ain't Charlie Choo Choo Justice, man. I Yeah, I'm just, 
I never, I guess I never thought of it in those terms. He is going to leave North Carolina as the most successful North Carolina football coach ever, even without a conference title to his name. Now, they got a division. They've got their New Year's Six Bowl game, yada, yada, yada. But when it's all said and done in terms of recruiting, fan interest, all the things that you associate with North Carolina football, he is it. I really would like an argument against. All right. The other thing to look at, I think Bunning would tell you his coach built Dooley, but no, we're talking. Come on, man. Let's talk. No, about I'm just saying. I'm just. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. No, in terms of the win loss record, for sure. So I was catching up with uh, our old friend Ross Martin in Detroit. Ross used to work for Inside Carolina. Dick Crumb had some kind of run early, too. Wow. What, what year are we, are we going back to uh, Bear Bryant, 1957? <laughs> no, hey, I didn't, I, listen, I'm just looking at it I right know, now. I'm, not, I know, I'm just I reacting know. in real time here. They had a four-year stretch in a row where they finished in the AP top 20. Four years in a row. Yep. Uh, different different time of football. Mac, it, was, it was a different time of football. Though. Mac and his two different stints has never done that. So he also won the ACC in 1980. So here's the thing. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I was talking to Ross. Our old friend. Yes, the big dog. I'm talking to the big dog in Detroit. He's he's in Michigan now. Um, so we caught up and we were talking about some things, talking about Carolina. And you know me, like I'm not, I'm not like hardcore into recruiting. And I brought it up to him. Like, you think Mac's done? He's like, oh, you know, I don't know. I can see it either way. But I said, well, who's coming up next year? He's like, mm, I don't know, man. Because if you go look at the classes, it's not what you would typically associate as a Mac Brown recruiting class. So it's going to go one of two ways. You tell me which seems more plausible for Mac Brown. He's going to hang it up regardless of how the NC State game goes. He's going to point to all the success markers that he's brought to North Carolina and call it a day. Or he's going to go through another three-year cycle with this next recruiting round. Again, this upcoming year is not so great, but we know that college football is different now, and you can go get guys in the portal. But there's going to be more staff changes. I can't envision a scenario where Gene Chizik's coming back Salute to North Carolina for winning that game in double overtime. And they actually closed the deal when the last previous, the last two weeks, they weren't able to do it. But I was hanging out with some of the hockey dads. One of the guys, uh, Lee, who's a big UNC guy, you know, we were watching the game in the lobby in the third quarter. And I just made a joke to the dads there. I said, wake me up in the fourth quarter because that's when things get real for North Carolina. And sure enough, what happened? They had a, They were up two scores in the third quarter. And Brownlow even texted me during the watchback. She's like, I know the result, and I knew in the third quarter, regardless of being up double digits, that they were still going to find a way to make this interesting. So I don't see Gene Chizik coming back. So you tell me what's more plausible, Mac Brown wrapping it up after this year or going through another three-year recruiting cycle with no obvious QB in the bag at age 72? Yeah, I would just say to you at age 48, I feel extremely old. (laughs) 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 I can't imagine at 72 being like, you know what? Uh, Let's do this again. And, it, and it's not, it's not a, not in a negative way. No, it's not in a negative like way. The way that he came back after the the absence from, you know, the way that it ended in Texas, I'm sure he was not happy about. Yeah. You go to ESPN, he enjoys the success. And let's be honest, he could, he could have done ESPN for the rest of his life. He could Easily. still, he could go back tomorrow to yes. ESPN. He would be the face of oh, the yeah. ACC network tomorrow. Thank you. I was going to say he could be on the ACC network and crush it tomorrow. Um, and that's a much easier life than, you know, chasing after recruits. And, mm-hmm. you know, the emotion there you see is when you know, we could take this as a father, right? You, you don't even need to take it as a coach. When you get so disappointed in your kids 
mm-hmm. which you would, of course, uh, the Georgia Tech game. Mm-hmm. Th- like you'd watch that fourth quarter being like, you know, this is like looking at Jackson's report card. It's like we've talked about this. Like what what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like and how many times we need to go over And then this. this would be, you know, the midterm comes in and look, look, he's got B's and C's. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes, yes. You would be, I would be moved to tears. Yeah. Now, I only have two more years of worrying about Jackson's grades to do, right? Yeah. Like, but I'm not re-upping for that shit. Like, that's the thing. You had Sam Howell, who was great for them. Mm-hmm. And he really, you know, he got uh, Willie Taggart fired. Okay. <laughs> no, straight up. Picking the, flipping from Florida State to Carolina. You got fans back interested in Carolina football. You had um, just national interest again in Carolina football mm-hmm. after it was down at, at, mm-hmm. at epic, epically low levels. And now you have Drake may who, you know, they should have won more this year than they did. Again, he is there. Phillip rivers. will look back at it and go, man, he was great. But what, what do you have to show for it? Right. But that's just me being a little bit of a jerk right now. <laughs> you had two good quarterbacks. You had a nice run in five years. Yeah. You, you, you know, you put the Texas bad taste out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. You understand, hey, man, I came back and did this. And you've set up Carolina and you've set up uh, Bubba Cunningham now to go and hire a really good, probably younger coach. Yep. As we just saw with Bubba hiring Aaron Matson, he is not afraid to go young. Mm-hmm. You go, you get somebody, you set yourself up and you set the program up. And that's a great legacy to have. We've talked often about Mike Krzyzewski and that transition to John Shire. I bet you it bothers Mac that the program fell apart the way that it did when mm-hmm. he left in 98, yes. I, in 97. I, I I bet you that really bothered him to see what, what had happened to the program. It's part of the pool to come back. Yeah. So I, I think that would be a second part of this. And, you know, he would be instrumental in whoever they end up hiring. And I, I've also given away the best idea possible for Carolina. And that is make Mac Brown the head of your NIL collective. Oh, easily. Like you crush it over. Game oh my over. goodness. <laughs> They'd be on Texas A&M levels of money Game at that point. Over. Good Lord. That would be incredible. So, yeah, I just, again, uh, these are is, all easier alternatives, by the way, than to coming back. Yes. Slogging through it, maybe going into the portal, which maybe is, getting the right guy. Who the hell knows? Which is why I think it's a wrap. And Mac Brown has everything to be proud of when he walks away from North Carolina. Again, I just don't see it happening for another three years. As I mentioned, uh, was in Detroit for for Junior Canes. I'd never been to Detroit before. Okay, and that was my first trip. Did you up enjoy to the, the greater downtown area? I did actually. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was it was cold. So first thing, did you hit like a Greek diner because they're like uh, known for those things. <laughs> so you know, I worry about food. So you you got me to one of the things that I jotted down. Um, they don't advertise, but we've had a long standing. I've had a long standing relationship with Dan and Mark Clues. Yeah, uh, Clues Coney Island. The, Dan is from Detroit. So mm-hmm. he brought the Coney Island concept, the Detroit Coney concept to Mission Valley. He's been there for over 25 years. Great spot. And I walked in, I went to four different Coney places. What I didn't realize about these Coney places is that they're essentially Detroit's version of a diner slash waffle house. Yes. A lot of these Coney joints do breakfast. I would put them on the level of a waffle house. Yeah. And I mean, and I mean that no, as a compliment. We're both. Yes. Okay. Huge fans. I mean, as a compliment. Now, Dan doesn't do breakfast. He just does lunch and dinner. I'm telling you right now, because I know Dan goes up to Detroit to bring a lot of that stuff back. It's a one for one. Like I walked in one place. I thought I was at clues for a second. Uh, this was, place was called Ted's Coney Island in Allen Park. So when I walked in there, I'm like, am I back in Mission Valley? What's going on? And even like the guy making the stuff had like a mustache and slick back here. I'm like, is that Dan's brother? Like what's going on here? Right. Are they related. So I will say this as much as it's one for one. 
You know where Clues Coney Island is superior to any of the Coney places that I went to in Detroit? The shoestring fries. The fries, man. Yeah. The chili cheese fries are superior to anything that I had. They have like the big clunky fries. I'm not a fan of that. I do not like clunky fries. I like fries. the crispy fries because you can ask for them well done at Clues and were burnt and they're fantastic. So that was that was one of my takeaways. And then I Tim Hortons. I'd never had Tim Hortons before, which is Canadian Duncan. You have the Tim Hortons... Uh, <laughs> They're K cups, yeah, yeah. Never had them. Donuts, good. I would actually say they're better than Duncan. Okay, coffee, no. Yeah, we we are purveyors of fine coffee in this program. Yeah, shout out to the Morning Times because uh, they carry counterculture. Big fans. Um, I was shockingly upset at how bad the coffee was. <laughs> like I thought I was going to take a sip of Tim Hortons coffee and be like, hey, 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 no, poser. I started quoting Shorzy, but no, I was surprisingly disappointed in how mid mm. the coffee was. That's that's disappointing. You know, it wasn't mid though. Did you did you hit the pizza? Little seat. No, I did hit the. I went to Buddy's, which is like the originator of the Detroit style pizza. Okay, I had Little Caesars in Little Caesars Arena too. Sure, you had to. You know, yeah. when in Rome. Which, by the way, and you were on the group text. Walking into Little Caesars Arena, which is a new arena, and mm-hmm. it's only like five years old. Walking in there after having spent so much time at PNC Arena in the last two decades, it was like watching HGT, <laughs> H, HD, not HG, HD TV for the first time. It's like, wow, what is this? This is an amazing building. Now, can PNC <laughs> Arena renovations, you know, do what Little Caesars did? Not necessarily, but. It really does drive home the point. As much as we might like PNC Arena, holy crap, man. Like, it needs an upgrade badly. And what was cool about Little Caesars is how when you walk in, it really truly is mimicking a multi-purpose place. You walk in, and you still feel like you're out, you're outside downtown, but it's enclosed. And the arena itself is like a building within a building. It's like a Russian nesting doll. It's kind of funky how they have it set up. Really easy to get in and out. And everything else. So that that was my ultimate takeaway uh, from that. And you could gamble. Yeah. So you 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 called your shot with gambling. Like, all right, I need for you to make some bets. So I downloaded the DraftKings app, and it's too easy, man. It's it's gonna it's a problem. It's we didn't way, even do any live bets, sir. I know, and I was at the Red Wings game thinking, we didn't even do any oh, live dude, bets. Dude, like I could actually make like a live bet while this game is going on. But anyway, you texted me with all these numbers, like I need plus one ten here, minus one ten here. You you give me your your credit card information. We struggled for a bit. We finally got in. I made some bets, but I had like some leftover money. So I said, eh. I love your I love your definition of leftover money. It was like sixty seven dollars. <laughs> There's leftover money. So I, but hold on. But hold on. And it was your money. It's leftover money. So, because that's how I view it. It's like this money is already spent. What are we doing? No, the difference between you and me when it comes to gambling is that I see that and I said, that's already the house's money. Okay. So why not? Yes. In my defense, I made two bets. You did. I made two bets. That with I the never, quote, unquote, ever would have made. Two bets on what I described yep. as leftover money. So I had like $67 and I looked at the NC State Wake Forest game knowing full damn well you would never bet. No. On NC State Wake Forest. And I went, over, under, 42 and a half? Hell no. Wake Forest, under. Cash that one. Mm-hmm. 
And you bet against the Canes. Canes Panthers. I never bet against the Canes. Now, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that, oh, wait, six and a half was the over-under. Give me the no, Panthers. No, no, no. You took the Panthers on the money line. Oh, is that what I did? Yes. You took the Panthers to win. Oh, I did? Yes. Oh, I thought I was doing over-under in goals, no. which I hit, by the way, <laughs> because I was like, oh, six and a half? Yeah, that's going to go over. They had seven goals total in that game. No. But I took the money line? You did. But I won anyway. See, I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> And I still won. Hence the very specific instructions <laughs> that I gave you. So you gave me the what? The VIG? And that's what I used for the Metallica show. No, I, I gave you what you were paid out. Yeah, okay. So it's like 115 so no, bucks. I will pay tax on that. That is your VIG. <laughs> you don't have to pay the tax. So I used that money to go to Metallica at yeah. uh, Ford Field. Took Jacob to go see Metallica. How were they? Ford They're great. I mean, Ford Field acoustics suck. Uh, but it was it was a good experience. They closed out with I couldn't ask for a better closeout. I mean, they did Call of Cthulhu live, like an eight minute freaking guitar jam. They did one into Enter Sandman to close the show. Jacob got a cultural experience out of the whole entire thing. So I was uh, I was a big fan of that. That's cool. And the other takeaway that I had from Detroit, too, is I know this is a pipe dream, but the rinks that we were at, one was called Redford. Another was called Allen Park. Another was called Yak Arena. They were all civic uh, rinks. They're municipal, municipal rinks. They okay. were private. And two of the rinks, high schools played at. So like Allen Park had like two high schools that played that shared the rink. And they were like in a high school division. And then at Yak, it was the same thing. I think there was like a couple of high schools that played there. And I thought to myself, you know, as much as there's been growth here. If only there was someone from Detroit who had purchased a hockey team. Right. Was in the triangle and... And that and that's the thing that that kind of took me away. As much as there's been growth in hockey, it's all private. Okay, so okay. like, pol- no, this is not this is not me railing against Polarized House. They do a fantastic job running the arenas, okay. running the rinks. What I'm getting at is, if you truly want the growth of youth hockey to take that next step, it's these sponsored teams. Like you mentioned, Copyware with Peter Carmanos. Yeah. Sure enough, Copyware is still going. That was at a rink where Copyware had played. One of their teams had played earlier. One of the rinks that I was at was like the home of Bell, Bell Tires AAA hockey team. There was one rink that was sponsored. But the team was sponsored by Jimmy John's. All right. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah, man. I mean, again, they've got like a hundred year start essentially on hockey Original in Detroit. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, if it's really about that, if like if the next step of growth in hockey, it's see, it's great to see NC State, North Carolina playing. It's great to see the participation levels. But I really would love to see if Wake County would take a serious stab at trying to build a municipal rink. As one listener pointed out, we don't even have we don't even have a municipal golf course. To which then gets me to think, well, why don't we? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe Dicks. Maybe they maybe they do something with Dicks. That'd be a maybe great they need a golf course. I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about the rink. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the case. I mean, I know there are some there. There, you know, wait. You know, Raleigh has no problems converting to pickleball. I mean, there are some there are some spaces, some 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 spaces that you can convert into a rink if you want. Sure. So I don't know. I I really don't know. It sparked my curiosity of what it would take to get to that level for youth hockey to get actual corporate sponsored teams like a copywear. Like does Tom Dunn want to do that? I don't know. So just something to consider. Just something to consider. Big thanks to Wings Over for sponsoring Obius and Julio and all of our conversations about college football. Go check out Ryan over at uh, Wings Over Raleigh, Wings Over Chapel Hill, and Wings Over Greenville. I know you'd like to point this out a lot, Joe. It's all about that free parking on Hillsborough Street. As somebody who was paying a shit ton of money to park in Detroit, free parking is crucial. Crucial. Yes. Order online. Go over there. Park for free. 
So you go to wingsover.com, put your order in. We decided that we're going to stick with the hot lemon pepper and the sweet chili. Okay. That, that combo for our fans at the OG tailgate, I think really hit both. I think that worked. High notes. Yeah, I think that worked. So, but discover for yourself. Go to yeah. wingsover.com, get your favorite choices, get that free parking and head on in and take advantage of the best wings in town. Also hitting gas stations on the way up to Detroit. It made me realize breeze through spoils you. Absolutely. They, they treat you right at breeze through with selections of snacks, hydration, beer. Also good gas prices, by the way. Hats. Yeah. I texted you. <laughs> yeah, you did. I left it there because we can break it out. I don't want to get all the way over there. And I'm glad Anthony rocked the, the drive through or the, uh, the gas station beers hat uh, on Thursday. So check out Breeze Through across the Triangle uh, at various locations across the state as well. Uh, but uh, you're headed out to tailgate for the NC State Carolina game. We might, hey, we might even be doing a show from Breeze Through uh, when that game is done. Obviously, there's a spot just outside Chapel Hill as well. And big thanks to Whitaker and Hammer. I did not pick up any traffic violations. Good. Good. So I'm, I don't I'm glad I wasn't the person Hammer. driving to Michigan. That's good. Because you know how I how I roll. I did think of you as I was driving through the greater Winston-Salem and Greensboro area mm. and wondering, am Side I gonna of get, my last moving violation? <laughs> am I gonna get popped in Graham? I don't know, but I didn't. So I got that going for me. <laughs> so if I had if you had wh.lawyer, the world's greatest URL, <laughs> Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, they can solve all your legal problems. So Josh Allen turned into a pumpkin. It's over, right? Life comes at you fast. Apparently Josh Allen needs Brian Dayball and Brian Dayball needs Josh Allen. So life comes at you fast, man. Here we were, you know, dogging on Russell Wilson, dogging on Sean Payton. Don't start. We got a Monday night football game. Nothing will amount to what they're doing Against the darlings that are the Buffalo Bills and everybody wants to talk about how awesome Josh Allen is. And all Josh Allen continues to do is turn the damn ball over. By the way, it goes beyond Josh Allen. Of course. it, It goes way beyond Josh Allen. There's a lot of like, you you would think that Sean McDermott would have this team a lot more prepared given how long that he's been doing this, given what we've seen out of the Bills. What's weird about watching the Bills, it's gone beyond just John, Josh Allen mistakes. The whole team's making mistakes, man. And life comes at you really fast. There's a big picture here when it comes to quarterback conversations, but I, I am I'm somewhat surprised that I knew Josh Allen was never going to be what he was a couple of years ago where everybody was losing their minds. But I did not think it would fall off like this, like it has this season. I, mean, I don't show. think he's done. Done. I don't um, think he's done. I think just he's just kind of exposed himself. Need to make a few tweaks around him. Uh, the Broncos are four and five. The Bills are five and five. I did not watch this football mm-hmm. game. I looked at the box score this morning and I thought to myself, "Huh, the Broncos won." I wonder if Russell Wilson ran the ball more than he usually. Oh, look, look at that! He had nine carries in this football what? game. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> You don't know anything about football, Julio. Also, um, the 49ers decided to come back to life, and everybody was loving on Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars this uh, this going into this weekend, and the 49ers defense put the work on him. Full disclosure, if you would have allowed me to put all of the OG media funds on that football game, I would have. Yeah? Yes. Yes. On oh, the Niners. By the way, how did the rest of your bets do? Really I, know, well. I know the Duke game didn't pan out I lost for you. one bet. It was yes. the Arizona Duke yeah. game? That was the one? That was it. We got the Michigan one. Michigan came again with the pronouns. Michigan came home. Hey, I made the bet. <laughs> I physically had to push Michigan the button. Michigan came home. Iowa 
came home in yeah, the college football bet of the year. I saw that. And then uh, the 49ers. Yeah. Okay. But no, I, re- legitimately, I would have bet everything I owned on the 49ers <laughs> in that football game. They've lost three games in a row. They had an open date. And mm-hmm. I didn't even realize the Jaguars were six and two. So the people were like, oh, the Jags are pretty feisty. They're pretty. No, sir. Yeah. No, the 49ers are the best team in football. Question is, can they stay healthy? Can no. they keep all of their parts humming? Wait, you think the 49ers are still the best team in football based I, on what we've seen out of the Eagles and what we've seen out of the Chiefs? I, and we're getting that rematch this weekend and all I the do. Taylor Swift hysteria is going to happen? I do. Which, by the way. Karma is a tight end for the Chiefs, a player on the Chiefs. By the way, when I continue to be right about people, <laughs> I continue to be right about people. So, yes, I'm sure if you've been living under a rock, you might not have known that Travis Kelsey went to Argentina to go see the continued leg of the Taylor Swift Eras tour. And it was the off week for the Chiefs. And he was there with his dad. And they had a great time. She changed the lyrics to karma. And then there was a video of her when the show was over. She makes eye contact with Travis Kelsey behind stage. And she like, like skips, literally skips into Travis's arms. And they make out. And it was really wholesome. Like, you're rolling your eyes. Come on, Joe. Don't be so old and jaded that you can't just see two no, wild and crazy the, kids at age 34. Listen, they're in the courtship phase. I love good for it. them. It's yeah. good. But you know who probably saw that in his TikTok feed? Who saw it on his reels? Oh, A.A. Ron. Yeah, man. So what happened Sunday night? Did He he told us he's coming back or there was like a third party discussion Mid, of mid-December telling us when he was targeting to get him back. He told Melissa Stark at yeah, mid-December. So I oh, here we go again. Buddy. What are you coming back to? No, seriously, what are you coming back to? You're going to come back to a team that's not making the playoffs? For what? For who? Oh, well, I know for who. For you. Because everybody like wants to... Shout out to Dan Levitard, by the way. He took it a step further than me. I've always thought that, yes, he, he did... He is injured. There has been a surgery. He's just acting as though with this nebulous, I'll be back with the team mid-December. What exactly does that mean? Are you like back at the facility? You're actually practicing. You left it very open to interpretation to get the people going, right? Levitard took it a step further. He says it's fake. The injury, the is, injury fake. is fake. So, <laughs> like, I'm not going to take it that far, but damn, man, made me wonder. It really made me wonder. So it's not surprising to me that Aaron Rodgers was making it about himself after Travis Kelsey got to enjoy the love. So, gets to my question. What do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do this weekend when you've got the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Kelsey family and maybe Taylor Swift showing up in one of those split jerseys? Because remember, she is an Eagles fan, technically. What's Aaron Rodgers going to do? I don't even know. what. what, what how can he retort? I don't know. Does he come out with a rap album? He's like, hey, but no, 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 I know he'll do. Are you familiar with the artist Bonnie Vare? No. Justin Verner, you actually spent some time here in Raleigh. They've won a Grammy. Oh, Bon Iver. Yeah, Bon Iver, Bonnie Bear, as some people uh, will Google. So Vernon, like he was around here for a while. His first band, I think, was from around here. Worked at um, the Rockford for a bit. Yeah. And I love the Rockford. He had like a, he had like a bad breakup and he went into the woods in Wisconsin and he spit out, you know, forever, forever ago, right? Just big, you know, in your feels breakup album. I'm wondering if that's what Aaron Rodgers is holding in the tank. Like when he was on his darkness retreat. <laughs> He was actually coming up with some folk tunes or something. I don't know. Just a, just a thought. Just a thought going forward. I also had a thought that it's a rap for Frank Reich. 
It's over. Already? Already. It's over. How much time did you spend talking about the... Well, we didn't do a show Friday, so we... I'm sure you talked about it with Lauren yesterday. A wrap? Rap? It's a wrap, dude. It's an absolute wrap. Let's go through this. So here's Frank Reich, Monday's press conference. He was asked by Darren Gant, our friend, Panthers.com, about the development of Bryce Young, which is a split conversation, which we can address now, because I, I do think this is an important thing. How does he kind of balance that long-term development versus today sort of mentality? I think, you know, having the perspective of, you know, the historical perspective of rookie quarterbacks um, can be a backdrop to um, to understand and give a little perspective, but we're primarily going to be driven by the results that we're seeing now, and we should. Um, but sometimes the historical perspective and understanding the struggles of a lot of great quarterbacks over a long time can help just give me, okay, I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm not real happy right now. We all have to get better, but I understand that, you know, I'm not alone here. Okay, I'm, I'm, there's some pretty good people you know, alongside me that have had some similar struggles. And so that maybe gives us all just a little bit more. Okay. Um, it's not an excuse because we all are very driven to get it right. Just like he is. We all are. So that's Frank Reich talking about Bryce Young. He is absolutely right about development, not getting too worked up on what you see in year one. You know, CJ Stroud is having this incredible rookie season. It's been so incredible that the Houston Texans might actually win their division. And there's been fringe conversations about whether or not he's an MVP candidate. Lord. Now we'll say this about CJ Stroud and the MVP conversation. Did I misremember the Houston Texans Carolina Panthers game? No, that actually happened. That happened. And was CJ Stroud for the most part bottled up in that game by the Carolina Panthers? Yes. If you lose to this Panthers team, and you are what is likely to be the only Panthers win of the season. You have eliminated yourself from MVP conversations. QB wins and everything else go out the window when, oh, you're so great, and you're putting the world on fire with these rookie stats? Explain why you lost to that team. That team that doesn't look like it knows what it's doing. So that's what gets me to the Frank Reich portion of this conversation. Reich is correct about the development of Bryce Young and why I'm not going to get too wrapped up in whether this guy's a bust or not. I do think that with the nature of our business, there is a rush to be right from the jump. So you can go back and see, I always told you about Bryce Young on both sides of the argument, by the way, like the Bryce Young defenders and everything else. I'm here to tell you, I don't know what's going to happen with Bryce Young because there's a lot of external factors that come into this stuff. Some teams are set up like, look at the Vikings, man. Like, out of nowhere, you got a QB who's literally learning things on the sideline coming in and keeping the Vikings going. I was in Detroit. I watched them beat the Chargers at a bar ahead of the Metallica show. You're telling me that Jared Goff was going to, in the future, look like a pretty capable quarterback that's helping the Detroit Lions like look like Super Bowl contenders? I couldn't have told you that. So there's all sorts of levels with Bryce Young. But I'm here to tell you that it's not going to happen with this coaching staff because it's becoming more and more clear that Frank Reich is trying to coach a team that he wants rather than a team that he has. And that to me is always a huge indicator of whether or not you're a good coach. If you cannot adapt to what you've got, like, okay, we want to be this, but we're not right now. So let's do this. Look, it's a big credit to Steve Wilkes. He looked at what the Panthers were at the end of last year when he took over as the interim coach. 
and what they do. Like, all right, man, we got this guy, this guy, this guy. We're going to go power. We're going to, we're going to run the damn ball. We're going to rely on our defense. And you notice how when they became that identity, the offensive line improved. Much better. Okay. Now, there's been injuries and everything else. I get all that. Injuries are a part of the game. But tell me what you've seen out of Frank Reich in the scheme that tells you that it's going to work. There's also the mixed messaging. So during Monday's press availability, Joe Person, Mike Kay of the Charlotte Observer, asking pretty pointed questions about, well, why aren't you doing RPOs? Why aren't you doing play action? Why are you running a particular offense that's so vanilla, so archaic, that all the tape eaters on social media, which I'm sure David Tepper is looking at, by the way, with his burner account, they're all saying in unison, this offense is antiquated. Why have we seen him so seldom work under center? And it seems like there would be some benefits to to that, especially like where play action is concerned. Um, That is a philosophical question, you know, that I could say there are some benefits from being under center. you just have to weigh in the overall picture, um, you know, the pros and cons of that move. Uh, we do feel like, you know, we run some pistol, and I do think pistol complements being under center. Is it the exact same? No, it's not the exact same. Is play action a little bit better under center than is pistol? Probably a little bit better. Um, but then we think there's some other advantages from being in gun. We do want to be a mix. We do want to have a little bit of under center. We don't, you know, we're going to mostly be in gun. That's mostly who we'll be. That's what Bryce has been good at his whole life. He had 2% of his snaps in high school. I mean, in uh, college where 1% or 2% were under center. Um, we have introduced that. He does do it. He does feel comfortable doing it. There's no problems doing it. Um, but as we continue to develop what we're doing as an offense, for right now, it's just going to be a smaller part. With that, Go ahead. Sorry. With that said, it does benefit Bryce in theory with philosophy, but do you think that if you have the tools around him that can benefit from that as well? Yeah, and it's it just goes to and again, I you know, I don't want to, you know, say everything that we're trying to do schematically, um, but in the big picture. <laughs> I'm gonna pause it right there. What I love about Frank Reich is he's still acting as though there's some super secret sauce that we just can't see. No, 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 dude. We can see what it's this is. Such a difficult situation to be in. I know. They don't have the pick mm-hmm. that they're about to earn. That uh-huh. would be at the top of the draft. The, the guy that you drafted is struggling. Mm-hmm. You don't have the right pieces around him. You oh, missed no. on the Miles. You, no, they no, do. No, no, they do. You missed no, on the Miles they, no, Sanders no. signing. That was a Frank, critical error. Frank was was asked about the personnel. He was asked, "Hey, I think it was from David Newton at ESPN." He's like, "Okay." Yeah, you know, you're trying. You have this philosophy. You know, now that you've got X amount of games yeah, under your he's belt, he's just saying that. And here's what he said. It. Here's what he said. We have. Listen, I love our play. We have all the players we need to win football games. Are we always evolving and developing as an offense? Yes, of course. So, um, with the vision that we have for our offense this year, we don't need anybody else. We got winning receivers. We got winning t- uh, like we winning receivers. Really. Yeah, he's he's saying that trying to I pick know. them up. We it's, have to just play winning football, and that starts with me. I have to do a better job as a head coach, getting our offense playing more consistently to win football games. Okay, um, but when I look at our groups, at our position groups, and I look at our opponents, um, I see I see opportunities to win. You're right. 
He has to say this. Yeah. He just can't go to the podium and say, man, all these guys that we thought we were putting around Bryce Young suck. It's a, it's a completely lost season. You add in yes. making the wrong choices, and then you add in the injuries up front. Then, mm-hmm. quite frankly, at the, at the risk of being a broken record, you add in, you took a guy with the number one overall pick who's not ultra athletic. He's not an elite athlete. Okay. He's that, not a it, guy that, who's going to make something out of nothing. You can't do anything about that anymore. It's I, happened. It's I, a I sunk, understand that. It's a sunk cost, which gets me that. to my larger point. He's sitting here talking about, we like what we have. What are the consequences for the Carolina Panthers for them thinking they built a team to be a playoff contender and none of it offensively has panned out. None of it's worked defensively either. But I want to focus specifically specifically on the offense. He was reluctant to give up the play calling duties. He was asked about whether or not he would take them back because things haven't exactly been panning out with Thomas Brown. So you say you've got these guys. You have Scott Fitterer telling us, yeah, man, we put people around Bryson we think we can win with. And you had David Tepper who's talking about, man, he's the point guard. So where are the consequences? So I get the optimism. I was, I was listening to Kyle Bailey on my drive back for a little bit. And he had Steve Smith on and the former wide receiver, yeah. you know, ice up son, everything else. And Smith, Smith was being very, very careful with his words because he also doesn't want to like dump on these guys, right? But as he was talking about going and getting the players, he was asked the question, if you put CJ Stroud on the Panthers and you put Bryce Young on the Texans, does this work out the same way? And his answer, I thought, was very, very correct. If you put Bryce Young on the Houston Texans, I don't know what you get. I don't know if you get a replication of what CJ Stroud is doing. But I can tell you if you put CJ Stroud on this team, the Panthers, he is not lighting it up as a rookie. And he's absolutely right about that. He is not with this team, which gets me back to the consequences. And you banked on these players. You banked on this scheme. The scheme sucks. The players didn't pan out. So please tell me why you deserve another year, especially if it continues in this direction. There has been no improvement. But I understand Frank Reich will be the one who takes the fall. But do you honestly think Frank Reich is the one who took Bryce Young? I don't. Well, I think Frank Frank Reich went and got Miles Sanders. Yeah, how that pan out? Right, that was that's one of the critical errors to this season. Yeah, one of the most critical remember, errors to this season. Do you remember DJ Chark? And I liked it. I liked going against Sanders. <laughs> I mean, Adam Thielen's been fine. He's Thielen's been fine. Whatever. He's been fine. He's whatever. Right. He should be your third receiver. He's your number one receiver. So I don't. I, I really do think that they would. They, what the Panthers want and what David Tepper wishes he could buy with his billions of dollars mm-hmm. is a fast forward button. They just need to fast forward to the 2025 draft. I mean, but they wanted to fast forward to this draft. I understand that. See, but I don't they, think, I think you're wrong there. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, a, forward. I think they need a pause button, not a fast forward button. I don't think the pause is going to save them. Maybe that's the case. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think I can, I don't think they I don't want to live through one. any of this though. They don't want to pause any of this shit. This is miserable, right? You yeah. either sell hope or you sell success and they have neither right now. Every conversation we have about the Carolina Panthers is brought to you by Graffiti. Check them out downtown, Carrie, Tuesday. Live to tape on a Tuesday. When, when you don't have hope and you don't have success, you sell brown liquor. Yeah. That's what you sell. And you can get it at cost. It's break-even night at Graffiti. Get some great brown liquor really cheap. Uh, and you can go My on best Sunday. ad transition <laughs> of all be. time. You know what? We might as well just close it right there. Go to Graffiti. Yeah. Deal with the Panthers that way. 
shout-outs to Homefield for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out online at homefieldapparel.com. Have you purchased the Miami Bomber jacket for my dad yet? Oh, I've been waiting for you to get back so that you could tell me what size I'm That's getting and address. It's just That's so happened. You know what happened, though? Just so happened, I'm scrolling through the NFL standings, and look what came up from Homefield Apparel. Look at those jackets, man. Yeah, the Mi- so good. The Miami jacket is amazing. It It really is. I love that. I love that. So yeah, go uh, go to homefieldapparel.com. And by the way, was that the ad you were getting fed on the ESPN scoreboard? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I was I was I was there the other day looking at the Miami jacket because we yeah. are going to get it for your pops. That's funny. That's funny. Use that promo code OG23. Also, thanks to Hometown Realty for sponsoring Obias and Gilio. As I was driving around Detroit, I kept hearing about how Detroit is this like buyer's market right now. <laughs> Sorry. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, like again, Detroit's my, trying, man. Detroit's no, trying. Like, we should I was, probably get Rick French on here and talk about Detroit with us. Probably, yeah. So I that look, was very man. condescending. That was very Mitch album of me. I'm sorry. Oh, I shouldn't be that dude, way. There are so many. I shouldn't be. I that caught way. three different like front page Detroit Free Press 2002 Stanley Cup wins with Mitch Album's stupid face, like that guy. Because back in the day, we had Mitch Album on on, on 8:50 the Buzz in 02 and. You know, bless Adam. He thought he was going to have like a serious conversation. No. Gold was like, all right, we're going to hockey time. Like, let's go. And all Mitch album wanted to do was make Mayberry jokes. Mayberry. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you as somebody who grew up watching sports reporters on ESPN, mm-hmm. my respect level for Mitch album diminished from oh, that day on. It died that day. He was like the ape. He was like the sport national sports writer yeah. of the year for like eight years in a row. Yeah. Well, I was a big fan of his. That's when I went, dude, you're just lame. Yeah. Like, you're just lame, dude. Yep. And I never looked at Mitch Album the same way again. So seeing that, I was like, that guy. Regardless, you know, you keep hearing, oh, yeah, you get, let's get in, let's get in. Well, the same could be said about this area. Hey, get in, get in, get in. But the home price is a little different here, <laughs> which is why you need somebody like. Competition's a little bit little more, more stiffer. So, so you got to get an expert on your side. You go to Hometown Realty. It's myhtr.com. Six locations from here to the coast. More than 250 agents. You want experts. You want to get in on that new construction in the triangle. Best way to do it is go with hometown realty. Again, that's myhtr.com. Also, thanks to Butcher's Market. We got, thank- I didn't realize Thanksgiving is next week. Uh, yeah. That's sneaking up on me. Yeah. Respect the bird. I- I'm making a lasagna on Wednesday. Okay. So I'm going over to the Butcher's Market. I'm going to get some sausage and I'm going to get some ground beef. Those are the two things I'm getting. Okay. And I am pumped to go over there and get those ingredients because I-, I know it's going to be the best stuff. Yeah, it is the best stuff. I'm actually thinking about trying to go to a butcher's market and replicate a Coney special, which is a hot dog with the Detroit chili and ground Ooh. beef on top of it. It's meat Ooh. on top of meat. I would like some meat, meat on my meat <laughs> and more meat on top of that. So, yeah. So if you're thinking about doing something different for Thanksgiving, head over to the butcher's market. They got great stuff. Why do turkey when you can have prime rib, Joe? Or if you're entertaining for Thanksgiving and you want to make the appetizers super simple or some sides, again, butcher's market can handle that for you. So thanks to them for sponsoring Ovias and Jillian. We're moving on. So I feel we got the college football playoff rankings coming out tonight. I'm going to be really curious. Can't wait. Well, I mean, all hand wank aside about the committee. I do think they have an interesting case study ahead for tonight. Like you can make the argument that Georgia belongs in the number one spot. Okay. After what they did to Ole Miss. Sure. I also think we're at the point where you might make a case for Washington to take over Florida State in the four spot based on their win against Utah, what they've done resume-wise in the Pac-12, 
versus how Florida State looked against Miami this past weekend. Okay. But you know what my real takeaway about the college football playoff going into the rankings tonight and how the rest of the season is going to play out? I think we finally got our proof of concept as to why expansion needs to happen. Because you look at the, the, the collection of teams in front of you, you tell me who the monster is. Unless Georgia is the one that's kind of sandbagging no. because of motivational factors, which I would buy, Mm-mm. I just don't see compelling arguments to cap it at four this year. No, I wish they were. They wish it was a 12-team playoff yeah. this year. The, the big question is going to be when Oregon and Washington play again, and what do they do? Because yeah. I could see those teams splitting. And I, Lauren was here yesterday, and she said Oregon's one of my favorite teams. I, they're so impressive that I would actually have Oregon ahead of Washington, yeah. even though I know the head-to-head result because of the eye test, because of the way that Oregon has played this year. And that's just kind of like an example of, you know, they're, they're obviously, they have never left out a Power 5 champion that's undefeated mm-hmm. so if our state takes care of its business history says they will be in the field truth of the matter is do they belong there over either the oregon or washington you know split probably not yeah but this has never been about putting the four best teams in the in the field no it never has it's been. never been about that and when ohio state loses to michigan and they will <laughs> and it will be glorious with with jim harbaugh on the sideline or not no he won't be there i and, think and he it, will be but and it will be glorious when they do mm-hmm. they need to stop with the ohio state fetish and finally just tell them you have to earn your way in at some point they never in will in the history of this organization now, okay so to your point and this is why i do think this is a good case study for why expansion needs to happen like, let's take Alabama. So rather than doing the forced... See, and I think Alabama's going to be there. See, this is the tricky part. Rather than doing the forced eye roll thing about, well, you know, Alabama and giving them the benefit of the doubt because it's Nick Saban, it's the SEC, you can now put them in a playoff field and like, okay, if you're really that team that's super sure. dangerous, if you're really that team that's going to steal another as national they, championship. As we used to like to say with the AP poll, who's the best team in the country right now? Yes. And it might've been a Florida state team that lost twice inexplicably in, in September. Yep. Right. For all of those years, Alabama gets an opportunity. To, I, this is going to sound real knuckle draggy, but like earn it for real rather yeah. than the committee making some sort of assumption and then gaming it so oh, that the matchups work out for you. They'll get a crack at Georgia. Yeah. And I love, and, and how, and here's the other thing about, about it too, that, you know, there's this argument about, well, if you expand the field, because I was listening to the cover three, I was catching up on cover three podcasts on my drive to Detroit. So shout out to Chip Patterson Shouts and the crew. Um, and I, my, my, I, everybody knows I'm a fan of Chip, but my appreciation for, appreciation for Chip only has, only grown. Up, has only grown, <laughs> has only grown, has only grown as he is a wonderful moderator for that podcast. You know, one thing that Chip pointed, one thing that Chip pointed out is what is this format going to look like though? Okay. And if it, is it going to be a five and seven? Is it going to be a six and six? You know, with the Pac-12, what do you do? But the, the, the thing that Chip keeps making a point of, and the one that I agree with, all the people who do the hand-wringing about, well, you know, what's the impact on the regular season going to be? I honestly think that you're going to have way more interest in November football than you ever have as you start to position who gets to host the games, who's going to get the bye, who do you think, to your point, who's going to be the team that's playing the best football right now that can pull a New York Giants and just shock the world or whatever it is. And everybody's on a lot better level than they used to be because of the transfer portal. Also, don't forget, TV runs this. Yes. So this is going to trickle down to how the conference schedules work. Mm -hmm. You're going to see more conference games be played because once you have automatic bids, you don't have to worry about, oh, well, we played... We played 10 SEC games and we shouldn't be punished. No, it'll actually be a bonus. Yes, it will. Okay. So that's what the real feature of this is going to be is that you're going to improve 
with schedules. Maybe they'll finally adopt my idea of having a preseason game against one double A teams, take mm-hmm. those out in, in all together. Then you add that second open date, which every team should have. Let's do that as well. Uh, so there's a lot of things that they can work on and improve here. Hopefully they will usually takes them about 10 years to catch up <laughs> to my scheduling and improvement ideas. So I have yeah. faith that they'll, they'll come up with this one as well. Speaking of one double a teams, do you have an idea to how to get the NCAA to stop coming up with weird arbitrary rules about transitioning to the FBS and whether or not you'll be bowl eligible? Well, it, it's so weird that they in, implemented this rule in basketball. I remember NC central had to go through this when they went from division two to division one, mm-hmm. they, they make it so that when you make the decision to transition up, you're not doing it like for short term gain. So like they don't want you to be like, oh, we're going to do it because we have a really good team this year. Yeah. And so we'll be good. And then we'll, oh, we'll just drop back down. Like who's going to do that? No one. No one. So it's so stupid. So James Madison. Five years. Who's getting a five year transit. James Madison is getting the game day treatment this weekend. And how about that? App State gets to be playing James Madison in the Sunbelt matchup. James Madison is ineligible for a bowl game as they are in the second year of this transition to the FBS. And they're not even eligible to play in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game either. And a lot is at stake here with this transitionary period because given their undefeated record, they they are in line for a New Year's Six bowl game. But again, without bowl eligibility, I know last week they once again petitioned the NCAA to like, let's scrap these rules. So that we can play, but I don't think common sense is going to take over here. Like James Madison is not going back. Like, oh, we made it to a New Year's Six Bowl game. Cool. Awesome. We'll take all this fun stuff and then we're going to go back. Like, that's not yeah. happening. There, there's no going back for James Madison. Heck, they're probably going to be a future member of the ACC at the rate we're going. So why why scrap it already? Let you like free James Madison, man. James, you said free Harbaugh. No, free James Madison. Enough of this free Harbaugh crap. Let's get the Dukes out there, man. Let's go. Jonas Brothers is going to be in the house, by the way, for game day. That's kind of funny. Are you a Joe bro, Joe? Uh, on their latest album, I enjoy. I don't, I couldn't name for you a Jonas Brothers track. My sister-in-law is a huge Jonas Brothers fan. Waffle House, the song. Uh, Wait, is there, really, is there really a song called Waffle House? Yeah. I'll have to go check that out. Yeah. Didn't realize that was a thing. Big thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. I know, Joe, you like to call uh, Hayes an OG OG. He's here from the jump. Yeah, the OG OG. So go support him. Yeah, go to bugspite.com. Hayes doesn't believe in contracts, but he does believe in saving you money. Go to bugspite.com. Punch in your zip code. And you may be like, yeah, Gilio, it's the winter. I don't really need to get yeah, rid do. of bugs. No, no, no. You do. It's not about bugs. It's about moisture under your house. Mm-hmm. It's about critters potentially up in your attic. I don't know about you. There's, not, there's nothing like quite unnerving as sitting there and the hearing something. <laughs> like, 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 what wait is a that? second. What is going on? Even if good. it's like a fuzzy squirrel nope. that you think is all cute and cuddly. And even a, though it's probably not. <laughs> I got two cats and I've seen them kill, kill some field mice in the house, but they're not up in the attic. No, you they're know? not. So take care of your house. Take care of your number one investment. Do it. And while all while you're doing it, supporting the OG, OG, Hazel Lancaster at Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, it's Bugs Bite. Com. Also, big thanks to Matt Davis over at State Farm in Garner, insuregarner.com, theoginsurance.com, or call him directly at 919-779-8277. I think Matt's going to be helping us out for some OG 100. Mm-hmm. Matt has got us ready for oh, the 100th episode of the OG. There he is, our guy, Matt Davis. Yeah, if you want to talk to a real person, 919-779-8277. So 
Matt has tickets. He has season tickets to Duke basketball. Mm -hmm. He has a ticket package to the Carolina Hurricanes. He just so happens to have tickets to both events on Friday. This is your chance to this win Friday? next Friday, next Friday, Friday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. So starting tomorrow, mm-hmm. if you send us a screen grab of a quote from State Farm from Matt Davis mm-hmm. or a five star review for Matt Davis and State Farm and Garner, you'll be eligible to win your choice. Either the Duke home game against Southern Indiana or the Canes at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning the day after Thanksgiving. Thanks to Matt Davis at State Farm. Love it. Absolutely love it. Also, big thanks to Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box. Occasional fill-in co-host here on Ovius and Julio. Yes, he, he was riling up inadvertently the, the Carolina masses as well last week. He's a Carolina guy. Uh, you know. He's, yeah, I mean, come on. Nobody quite likes to gatekeep like the Tar Heels do. Well, this is true. This is true. Uh, I don't want to gatekeep on pizza. I love all kinds of pizza. I love Detroit pizza. I love Anthony's New York pizza. We can Did all you bring him back a pan. Did you bring him back the blue steel pan? I could not find a blue steel pan. Hmm, interesting. I, I could not find one. I didn't look for one. <laughs> but either way, had I known, he didn't send the text message. Okay. He didn't ask me. Okay. You know, I, I'll take requests when I'm on the road. But anyway, go check out Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box. Just not today. Yeah, not today. Um, we've Tomorrow. been at, we've been <laughs> at this now for um for about an hour and fifteen minutes. And my voice is held up, even though it's a little bit on the quiet storm part. Yeah. What'd you do? Uh, I'm not proud of myself. You're not. I'm, no, I'm not proud of myself. So actually, it does it does tie into um what happened on Saturday in the Duke Carolina game with officiating. Like you just have to learn from an early age that officiating is going to be what it is. And I heard a little bit of yesterday's show with you and Lauren, and I I do maintain that football. What you have to overcome is incompetence. That, that's it's not some conspiracy. It's not some sort of they're out to get my team where they know, you know, the old Steve Logan, the refs know who's supposed to win. I ultimately think that in football specifically, you just have to overcome the labyrinth of rules and interpretations and the bang bang nature of football. Basketball, on the other hand, hockey, on the other hand, you have to get accustomed to the fact that these are humans and sometimes they just want to stick it to you. <laughs> Okay. Straight up. They just want to stick it to you. Okay. So <laughs> I'm not sure I see the difference. No, 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 no. Because, because you would agree that in those sports, it's way more interpersonal. There's only so many guys on the ice, five guys. Okay. There's only so many basketball players, five guys. You're literally there with, you know, you making the calls and the, the coach is right there. There's more interaction. There's just way more interaction between the coaches and, and refs in those particular sports. In my opinion. Okay. And so this was, this was Saturday. This was Saturday and the kids were up and, you know, they had come back from a deficit. They were up three, two and it's midway through the third period. And there was, look, it's, it's 12 U hockey, man. There's some incidental, incidental contact that occurs, but one of Jacob's teammates got knocked down. Yeah, it, it it wasn't it wasn't it was kind of like a little bit of a scary moment. You got knocked down, but there should have been a penalty. And but there was no penalty. Okay, fine. No big deal. Like they missed stuff all the time. And our coach rightfully stuck up for the team and was yelling about, about where the faceoff should be. Should it be in their zone or should it be back in the in the middle? And um our coach was correct. It was to where it should have been. But the officials just weren't hearing it. 
And he was like, no, it should be here. You like it happened there. It should be here. That's the wrong face-off placement. Right after that, there was a parade to the penalty box. Oh boy. Ends up in a tie as they basically had to play five on three hockey for about five minutes, dude. And at one point, our coach was like, okay, you've made your point. Like, got it. Right. Like got shown up. And I could see it. Like, these are these are basically like 20-something-year-old guys working a hockey tournament. We're a team from North Carolina. They're never going to see us again. Right. So that's how, oh, you're going to show me up? Screw you, man. Then your kids are going to the box. Stuff that I wasn't calling earlier, now I'm going to call it. Off to the box you go. And the kids, man, toughness, man. But it was a lesson for Jacob and the team. Like, hey, man, sometimes you got to overcome officiating too. And that's going to be something that's set for life when it comes to sports, which is why I I kind of like with what happened on Saturday with the officiating and the Carolina game or any other matter of officiating an ACC play, by the way. For the record, I did put a request in for Al River on. Oh, good. Head of officials for the ACC. Kind of like an end of year, like, okay, so what worked, what didn't work, that kind of stuff. But if you've played any level of youth sports, you know, or if you're a youth parent, a sport parent, you know that learning how to overcome referees is something that has to be instilled from an early part. And while you get to certain levels, you just have to shrug your shoulders and go, man, you should be used to this by now. You got to power through it. But as a parent, and I'll say Bootstrap this, it. as a parent, I'll say this about youth sports. When the kids played soccer, and I've told them, I'm not saying anything I haven't told them. When they played soccer, I didn't care. I didn't care. Like, hey, man, go have fun. You, know, you learn some team concepts, but win or lose, man, I didn't care. Baseball, it's like t-ball level. Coach pitch, didn't care. But there's something about Jacob playing hockey that has unlocked an ugliness in me that I, you're, you're having bootstrap moments. I started yelling. Okay. I started yelling at the ref. Like I'm screaming stuff like, you know, let them play. Like also now you call it like all like, yeah. I was like, and I realized like, ah, shit. Yeah. I gotta stop it. You know? Oh, and you know, shout out to uh, one of, uh, one of Jacob's teammates. Cole Cole is, is he's a, he's one of our goal scorers. He's, he does, he does, he's excellent. And um, when they scored a goal to to tie it up, yeah, I think it was tied up. Anyway, this is all a blur now because I was so mad. So when he got the breakaway, I'm just screaming, like, get it, cool, get it. It was horse, horse after that. Big save. I'm like, yeah. So I realized, I'm, uh, like, my voice is shot. Damn it. This is, this is a problem. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to take it easy. But you know what? On the flip side of that, I'm never going to see these kids. I'm never going to see these refs again. <laughs> I'm never going back to Detroit. So what's it to me? You know, like, uh-huh. like if I was at Wake Competition Center, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But in Detroit, psh, man, this is a team for me. The team they were playing was from Canada. Like, psh, I never see these parents again. Screw it. Right. They're not podcast listeners. So, yeah, I not proud of myself, Joe. Let myself snap. We all have our man. moments. Can let that definitely let myself snap. All right, let's go to the YouTube comments uh, from Timmy Ann. Thank you for having Brownlow Lady on today. Brownlow always does a great job filling in. Uh, would Texas say this is from uh, Trent? Would Texas and rather have Dave Dorn or Elko if those were the only two choices? Lord. <laughs> Stop. By the way, we're, we're sitting here obsessing over Mike Elko. Is there a job Dave Dorn would take after this year? No. No, not Michigan State. I I tell you what, like you don't you, think you take the Michigan State job? No, 
I, Dave just this is not Dave is not long for this business. He, he he's okay. has said from the jump. Yeah, I remember like in year two he made a joke with us, only half joking, like saying, "I can't wait to be fifty five working at a bait shop and heckling you." He's right. Like, yeah, and that's yeah. like yeah. his thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Dave is this is if you talk to the people who know Dave the best, like even this year after winning the, getting the record yeah. at NC State. Like I've had people tell me, I wouldn't be surprised if this year he says, so do you think I don't need this anymore? Do you think I have my retirement wrong? Should I have been saying Dave Dorn's going to retire? Not Mac. If you, if you could have bet on, if you could bet on the number of coaches who will be back in the triangle next year, I bet you it would be set at one and a half. Is what it was what I, and I think most people would take the over. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's right, but I'm not sure it's right. If I have $67 in your account, no, I would put it on. I'm uh, not saying that. I'm just saying the the way that it's been explained to me is that this is not what Dave sees himself doing even in five years. I'm with you on that. So it's like he he has a different world outlook on this than than we do. That's fair. Uh, From Glenn, if UNC wins their next two games, those losses to UVA and GT will hurt even more. A historic season, what could have been? Or just more triangle football. Yeah. Yeah, this was a missed opportunity for Carolina. I. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I do not think they're going into Clemson on Saturday and winning that football. Neither do I. I don't think that's the case either. I'd be, I would be, I can see them beating state. I don't. Yeah. The way I viewed the end of this stretch, these three games, they were going to win two games. I think, and they were lucky to beat Duke and they were lucky to beat Duke Uh, from Tropicalia. Duke's loss to Arizona is on the coaching staff. A two point lead around the one minute mark. Tactical mistakes cost y'all. It's November basketball. I got okay. fired up over November basketball yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you. Why? That was a great, two, two, two quick points. I love that the game even happened. Correct. Be happy that game happened in I Cameron Indoor. literally texted Kevin Keats yesterday and I said, why are you playing Tennessee in San Antonio? It should be what this. Are you, what are you doing to me? So I want more of that. So props yeah. to John Shire, props to the Arizona coach for knocking out this home home. I want more of that. Props That's to, how you. Props make- to Westmore for playing yes. UConn and yes. Gino for coming down here. Yes. So all these things matter. I think that helps the game more than anything else. Yes, in these neutral site classics or whatever it is. But no, I, mean, I, I have more questions about Duke after that game, the way that it played out. I thought Duke perhaps had solved their shooting issues from a year ago. They yeah. have not. Yeah. And I also thought it didn't even occur to me that they didn't replace Derek Lively. Yeah. And what an important piece Derek Lively was last yes. year. While people were like, he doesn't score. He doesn't do this. It's he defense. doesn't do that. And it's, it's like defense, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> he does a bunch of other things uh-huh. that are really important. Yeah. Somebody's oh. got, and Ryan Young's not that guy. Ultimately Duke's success will ride on the, again, the development of Tyrese Proctor, mm-hmm. the way that he played at the end of last year is when they started playing their best basketball. He struggled a lot in this game. And I, that's a credit to Arizona's grown ass guards yeah like they were arizona impressed the hell out of me in that basketball game from ms regarding unc the offensive line and the end zone on the two-point conversion for unc was even more egregious than the possible interception that sure but the thing is it depends it depends on the footage that you watch you know you get the three yards right yeah the problem is and again this gets back to my original point about officiating in football being a lot more difficult and less personal than basketball. Well, there's hockey. a penalty on every play. It's right. a matter of do you want to throw the flag or not. But that's football's fault because you keep adding these weird little nuances to what you can and cannot do that become yeah. more judgment calls they, for a bang bang play. They screwed themselves up college football specifically yes. with that rule. So no, that's not one that I'm going to sit here and parse because no. I, I just I get it, you're upset. Again, I'm not dismissing that Duke should be upset about the totality. Then you add in last year that they felt like they were wronged in that yeah. game as well. 
uh, it's it's an unfortunate part of college football, but I would also tell you when you're the home team. Oh, here we and go again. You're right. I know. There here, is a tendency for here the human go. beings who here are influenced okay. by their surroundings. Here we go. Here we go. Except uh, if you're NC State, of you get the worst penalty call on a pass interference that was clearly not because the ACC wants to protect Boston College. Uh, from Daryl, Bryce's stats mirror Trevor Lawrence, his rookie year pretty closely. Bryce is a rookie on a bad offensive team, and the NFL is not easy for rookies. Ooh. I would take it even a step Ooh. further. But you don't want to be compared to Trevor Lawrence's freshman year because uh, Urban Meyer was this gets back. This gets back to my point. Ooh. I don't know if I can truly judge Bryce Young based on what this coaching staff has done with him. In right. the same way, you and I talked about Urban Meyer year one. I said the best rookie quarterback situation is Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville because nothing what happens in year one for Trevor Lawrence will be used against him because you had that guy as your head coach. So I think the same oh, thing. Frank's not at that level of yeah. coaching malpractice though. But it's it's the same effect in that he is so conservative. He is so antiquated that I don't know if I can judge Bryce Young based on what I've seen out of this coaching staff. That's my point. That's fair. That's my point. Um, of course, oh man, all the freaking tiebreakers. We're going to spend some more time when we get to the end of the season. There, there were a lot of comments on YouTube about reserving judgment on Dave Dorn and whether or not this was his best coaching job. I know it was a topic conversation yesterday. And I'm with, I'm with people in that. Let's see what happens with the Carolina game before. Like, hell, I'm let's, not. Let's see what happens against Virginia Tech. No, I'm not. Um, I'm absolutely not. Okay. I, I'm tired of the Carolina game being a referendum on the season. It's not it, it, in this, in this very specific instance, it's not okay. The way that they have recovered from a horrific start to this season. Yeah. And, and I had even forgotten about Jordan Houston until yesterday. Right. Right. Like you're starting running back and you're starting quarterback. Said, We're out bench themselves, which by the way, and, and in spite of these things, you continue to keep winning to your point. It has taken some potentially manufactured, you know, drama, Hey, we're fine. Hey, look, we got we got Jim Harbaugh talking about Michigan versus right. the world. But, but so no, I, I absolutely disagree that the Carolina game should be anything about okay. about what this team has done this year. There are plenty of years. Last year it was the Carolina game that redeemed this season, and I, and Fair. I understand that in, the way that it went. Mm-hmm. But no, I I refuse to uh, put the put your normal value on this game because it's I it's feel not like what this year is about for state. I want to see, I feel like this is a conversation we should table until Monday. That's fair. Because I think the Virginia Tech game on the road will tell you more about this season than the Carolina game at the end of the year. Yeah, this and, upcoming and game. Virginia Tech, for some reason, when they play triangle teams, they play out of their mind. They do. They do. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. We will see you Wednesday for episode 100 with the Got Man. I think my juices flow all the time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.